This is the DX Podcast, proudly presented by Wondrous. On this episode, we welcome podcast producer Ben Fawkes. Ben, welcome to the DX Podcast. Thank you. Wait, let me start that off. I was way too loud. I came in really hot. Yeah. Ben, welcome to the DX Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Peter, Mirko. Nice to meet you both. Nice to see you both, rather. So glad this worked out. Hi. Ben, could you um, give us some insights on your career thus far? Yeah, my career. So, well, uh, where do we we begin? Right at the beginning? Or or what would you like to uh, sort of the podcast section of the career? Right at the beginning. Okay, right at the beginning. Well... Uh, no, I want to hear where you come from and what you've done and, and where you've lived and all those kind of things. Okay, well, um, I suppose I've always sort of worked in web-based things, organizations or the departments of, of, of other organizations, but they've had a web department. Um, I, I mean, I studied English literature and since then I have... I, I worked for a medical company doing online learning for medical exams and then I moved back to Basel where my family are based, we're, we're all English but my parents have lived in Basel since 97 and I worked at Endresen Hauser in Reinach, the uh, sort of process automation organisation company, uh, Swiss company um, and I worked for the web department and I was helping consult all of the different sales offices on how to use the online shop and the web asset management tools and things like that so that they could take it out to their customer. Um, I did that for a couple of years, uh, traveling around the world, training all the different sales offices. And then soon after that, I took a little bit of a break and ended up in Berlin where I worked at SoundCloud for uh, five years. And that was that's basically the where I began my sort of venture into the world of audio and sound and podcasting. I was hired by SoundCloud to um, basically do like a, a research project on how the company could be more the YouTube of sound or the YouTube of audio rather than just a music platform. So I did a lot of research on what that could mean. Um, that, and that, that ranged from like working with sound artists and field, recorder, field recorders and things like that. But ultimately, the bigger business opportunities was podcasting and comedy and audiobook companies and how they could use the platform for that. So I ended up doing a lot of deals, content deals with the likes of the BBC and Guardian and um, Penguin Random House and individual comedians, getting them to essentially use SoundCloud as part of their distribution promotion um, yeah, so I did that for five years. I then moved to Deezer, uh, the streaming company, uh, the music streaming platform, and I was a, uh, I was the podcast manager essentially. So I did all of the business account management for all of the shows that are on Deezer, but my main area was commissioning original content. And so I had a budget and I would, I, I think over the course of two and a half, three years, I commissioned about 12 different shows. Um, if you're familiar with the German entertainment world, we did a show with Sarah Kuttner called Das Kleine Fernsehbillet. We did a crime series called Das Börse. Um, what else did we do? We did a kids show. We did an audio drama. We did a daily um, Wissens podcast, a knowledge podcast about philosophy and history, like two to three minute episodes. Um, various things like that, basically. Um, and then, yeah, and then I moved on to Monk Studios, where I've been for the last... Yeah, I guess it's it's coming up to two years in July. 
Um, I met the founder of Monk, Jakob Monk, uh, when I was commissioning basically his company to make an, a Hörspiel, an audio drama for Deezer Germany. Uh, it was originally a, a show they'd made for Danish radio, so we we translated that audio drama to German. It, it's called Der Ausnahmezustand, and it's a sort of near dystopian sort of thriller drama, basically. Um, so yeah, through that process, I got to know him and uh, opened up the German English office in Berlin for Monk Studios. Um, the company historically has it has offices in Sweden, Norway, Denmark, um, and they've historically served or produced content predominantly for the public broadcasters of Scandinavia. So like in Sweden, it's called Sveriges Radio. Um, in, Swe- in Norway, it's NRK. In De- Denmark, it's DR, Danish Radio. Um, but yeah, since 2019, they've opened up a Dutch office and my office in Berlin. And I predominantly produce things for Spotify Germany and Audible Germany, uh, a platform called Podimo, which is a, a, essentially kind of like a, a subscription-based uh, sort of Netflix for audio from Denmark and um, yeah and here we are now in 2021 here we are now and Jesus man that sounds like you've you've been through um, you know a massive change in the industry in the last what 10 years that you've been kind of you know when you started out at SoundCloud and where you are now mm-hmm yeah, 10 years exactly. And it's definitely changed and evolved considerably. It was always interesting to me that it's taken so long for it to become what it is right now and how much everyone's talking about it and uh, sort of this ear economy or audio economy and and uh, that sort of thing. It's, it's um, yeah, it's pretty fascinating that it t- took so long, but it, it's very satisfying to have been in it since the start and, and see how things have developed from... Uh, basically something that Apple essentially owned. They owned the entire market. I think almost like 95% of the consumption was through Apple uh, over the, well, I think podcasting started around 2005-ish. But um, since then, yeah, as, as we've all seen, the Audibles and the Spotify's and the Podemos and everyone else is sort of brought into the mix and are, are making their own content and have their own platforms for consumption of that. And then, of course, yeah, now Apple and Spotify are doing subscriptions. Patreon are also enabling that sort of thing. So it's it's very satisfying to see the monetization and the industry growing into this billion-dollar market, essentially, now. You kind of entered the, the audio space um, when you were at uni, if I remember correctly. Um, you played in a band, right? Yeah, I've been, I've been in bands since uh, I was at school with playing in a band with your brother. Uh, but yeah, I was in a band from about 18 to 21, 22 uh, in Cardiff Uni, trying to make it, trying to get signed. Sadly, did not did not work out, but um, definitely uh, was an enjoyable experience for sure. But do you think that was that was um, a time when um, you know a passion kind of came about for for the audio space that you then followed up on, and when you kind of ultimately landed at SoundCloud in Berlin? Um, well, I mean, I've always been into music. I've always been into yeah, sound and audio and whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I think my uh, interest in podcasting and audio and radio documentaries and radio in general came about when I first my started my first job because uh, it was 
wasn't you know your first job is never the greatest job you've ever had so to have podcasts to listen to at work to, to listen to radio 2 radio 4 russell brand was a very very uh, big show on the bbc at the time i would listen to them at work uh you know cooking working out walking to work all that sort of thing it became it was a bit of a revelation to me when for example uh, when ricky gervais did the podcast for the guardian and i realized oh yeah of course you can put audio on the internet and listen to it whenever you want. And that sort of audio on demand thing has been an area of interest for a long time, as a, as a li- mostly as a listener, but now as a producer, uh, it's just gone to another level, really, because now I get to enjoy them as a consumer and also get to make them and be creative in that way. So then being able to um, work for a company like SoundCloud at a time that you then did start working for them must have been you know, must have felt like the right place for you to be as well, right? Yeah, I was. I felt really lucky. I felt it was a really lu- a right place at the right time. I met one of the founders of SoundCloud at a conference in Berlin and sort of hassled him to give me a job for a while, and there wasn't any. But then an opportunity came up for an internship to do this, like what could SoundCloud be outside of music, this audio area, this YouTube of audio sort of idea. And so... Uh, as soon as I got off the call um, for that interview, I made a massive mind map of all of the opportunities and all of the different areas that you could investigate from a sort of business development perspective. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, it just it just really fit. Just, yeah, it's been, and yeah, here we are now, so to speak. <laughs> and you're still in Berlin. Uh, so you must be enjoying, in, enjoying it there. Yeah, I've been here 11, 11 years now. I do. And, and do you think, do you think Berlin is is kind of like um, you know is, is a good place for um, startups like like SoundCloud and and then um, I guess Deezer was at the time as well, right? Um, it's definitely a good place for startups. Uh, I don't know if it is as much now as it was ten, eleven years ago. Uh, I'm sure it is because uh, it's still relatively affordable to live here, regardless of your um, pay range and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of space. There's a lot of people that want to move here. Um, yeah, and it's just a good, good, good breeding ground for developing new ideas uh, on a on a tight budget. So, absolutely, yeah. Podcasts. So, um, <laughs> go on. I'm just trying to wrap my head around this concept quickly. So it's where you speak into a mic and people download it and listen it to it, right? Uh, uh. I'm kind of from a generation where um, you know, radio, um, English radio, you couldn't really listen to in Switzerland or American right. radio. If you wanted to listen to the Howard Stern show, you just couldn't. Um, there was no way to, to do that. Um, but now you can. The, it, it, it has become quite um, you know, a revolution in that sense, the being able to um, you know, record something onto, onto tape um, or actually onto memory card. And then uh, uploading it onto the onto the internet, just making this so accessible. Yeah, well, I mean, we we predominantly produce for platforms and radio stations. So just like in the TV world, uh, the audio world is quite young in that way. Traditionally, it's been made by radio stations that employ producers and uh, radio journalists, and they go out and make things, but. There, there has been a new, there's sort of a, particularly in Scandinavia and in the UK, a lot, like the BBC and the Scandinavian public broadcasters, they uh, a fair while back uh, started accepting pitches from external production companies. And that has been always the case in the TV world. 
but uh, that sort of evolution mm. in the audio world uh, is still sort of it's, it's still happening. Like for example, we have never made anything in Germany for the public broadcasters of Germany because they still work in house and they still uh, produce everything in house. So uh, there's a lot of growing up to be done in the audio space, in from all the way from monetization to uh, making things for. Uh, broadcasters and platforms and so on and so forth and then also the idea of IP as well I mean TV shows travel across the world they either get uh, dubbed or subtitles that sort of thing or they just get reformatted and they use the format and they you know like I said there's a talk show or a reality show they they localize it and all of that all of that is on is new territory in the audio space there's all of these new uh, platforms and, and players in the game um, get, in, get into the mix essentially but of course making it on demand making it as a podcastable or whatever uh, has definitely helped that and I also think the adoption by the public has been a little bit slower as well but everyone from you know our age all the way up to our parents age now I think are understanding what a podcast is and how, in, how to get access to them and how to listen to them as well um, I don't know. Did that answer your question? I'm not really sure. <laughs> I, I'm surprised how well you did answer that kind of abstract question. <laughs> Good stuff. I'm glad. I think I nailed it. Can I ask, though, if we're, if we're talking about accessibility, what are your thoughts on uh, things like Joe Rogan moving to Spotify Premium or like platforms like uh, Podimo or, or whatever, or people putting their content behind a Patreon paywall? Mm-hmm. Is, is that like a, a step back from the open podcast or I mean this is the monetization part right it won't yeah. survive without it what are your thoughts on that yeah um, I mean the the open the open world of podcasting is is one of the greatest things about it in many ways it's great that you anyone could just make something put it out there and hopefully uh, people will listen to it and it can get, gain traction but uh, as things mature uh I think it's no bad thing that the Spotify's and the Audible's and the Podimo's are in the mix as well. They have a, a content strategy. They have a market that they want to appeal to. And so uh, I'm, I'm all for there being more opportunities for people to make content in this way. Uh, it's just the same. I, I see it being no different to TV. I mean, you've got HBO, you've got Disney Plus, you've got Netflix, you've got Amazon Prime, you've got all of the all of these different platforms and they're all competing with each other. It just makes it more of a, a prosperous uh, industry. There's more money for uh, production companies and individuals to make, make, make content, basically. So I think a bit of both, it, it needs both. I think the democratization of you know, the RSS and podcasting in the open space is a really good thing because it just means anyone can go do it. But then also there are Spotify's and Audible's that can help finance more uh, high-end productions not necessarily have to be high-end high productions but they they can help support making more ambitious things and, and making things in general you know i think that's really interesting because last week or was it two weeks ago we spoke with um a, a drummer um who'd, who'd toured across europe and, and the states and he's, he's still only 25 and um he left the band that he was he was with at the time so his employer i guess um, and now he's uh, he's started using these platforms to um, distribute uh, music that he makes in his in his living room, basically. Yeah. Um, and he was explaining how that how that works as well. And that's uh, something that I, I think a lot of people aren't aware of. Um, and you know that we're all listening to these podcasts for free, basically. But of course, there's a lot of mm-hmm. work that kind of goes into them. 
I mean, for us, um, like for Wondrous doing this uh, DX podcast is just a, it's a really great way to speak to people that we think are interesting. Um, and, and somehow we can wrap it around the idea of uh, the context of digital experience. Um, but other people um, like yourself, you you earn a living of creating podcasts. And I think um, you know, it's, it's really interesting that you explain kind of or put it in the context of you know, uh, not all content can be free um, or uh, Josh Rogan that will move on to a more premium platform um, to um, you know, earn money, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, th I, th I really like the yeah. Patreon model because it, like, it allows you to directly support the people uh, that provide the content you like. I, I have several Patreon memberships for, for podcasts mm -hmm. I, I like and some of them are actually in the in a position now that they can earn a living off that just because they've mm -hmm. gotten so popular and they i mean they most of their content is still free and they have like ads and some of them are natural ads where they just segue to talking about whatever dollar shave club or or squarespace or <laughs> all the usual podcast sponsors but uh, and and then they also have the premium content where they just don't have ads and you you directly support them and i, I really like that model too and it's amazing that that's possible now too yeah, I, I agree. I think it's great. I mean, Apple and Spotify are offering that same thing that Patreon does now. They, As of last week, they both announced it. Um, and it's definitely the way way to go. I mean, it's very much like being in a band uh, in the modern age. You all, you all you really need is anywhere between 10 and 50,000 fans to give you $5 a year. And you can make a living out of it. And I think that's the way you should look at podcasting making content in any in any space i mean you can you can use the 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 journalism the newspaper world as another another example i mean before before they started doing subscriptions uh, everyone was predicting that uh, newspapers and journalism was on its ass and and now because of subscription it's enabled them to uh, continue doing what they're doing and and the one thing i would also add is it's important to remember that podcasting isn't just people in a room talking to each other there is a lot of other formats and versions of that that do require research and writers and narrators and sound design and post-production and planning and uh, so many things. I mean, we, we make a show for Spotify. It's called Man Lent Me Aus. It's a daily podcast, Monday to Friday. And uh, that has about 12 people on behind that, that show. There's five hosts. There's Gosh. a project manager. There's a editor. There's a sound designer. There's two studios because some are based in Cologne and some are based in Berlin. Um, there's a post producer. And then there's me and my editor um, who sort of oversee the project manager and editor of that specific show. Um, and that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of face time with the customer. It takes a lot of time with the creatives. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot more going into it than people might believe. It's very much like, you know, blogging in many ways. Blogging is... Uh, Actually, no, I've, I retract that. It's not like blogging at all. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that you could consider podcasting to be like blogging because anyone can do it. And it's very simple in that way. You can simply make it. But there is a um, more production-heavy version of that that can be put out in the world. Of course, and it's also a little bit maybe like um, we were talking um, to Alistair, a photographer, um, a couple of weeks back um, and he'd been talking about digital photography and, and how that has made it much easier for, for people to access photography in general um, but there's there's uh, all, all it, um, it, you, know, you get a lot more crap as well 
Um, so, I mean, there's there's always, you know, useless content out there, but um, I think it not necessarily um, meaning that the more you know, dem dem democratized um, something would be, the better it gets. Um, but maybe it helps um, to kind of siphon out that kind of stuff. Um, so you've um, been um, kind of around uh, podcasts for well, 10 years and the production of podcasts and, and you've seen all of these changes. Um, do you have any thoughts on where it might be headed? Um, just growth, I would say, really. I think, uh, okay. yeah, with the introduction of a more stabilized uh, monetization on the advertising side, will that will continue to grow because I think agencies and brands are realizing that sponsoring podcasts should be in their suite of uh, their marketing strategy, so to speak. And then, of course, there's the subscription mm -hmm. side that has been coming into play now. Uh, so I think the combination of the two uh, just means it's going to grow in terms of... Uh, how much people can make and how much they can live off it, but also the types of content that you can ultimately make because of, of those opportunities, you know. That's the most exciting thing. And then, then in some cases, it also leads to TV as well. There's a lot of IP that either can be translated for other countries in the audio space or it can be a playground or a sandbox for then turning it into a television series, which is happening more and more. And uh, we hope to do the same. We have... We've signed a deal with CAA. They are a, they're a talent agency. Um, they uh, will represent us, help us sell to sell our podcasts, particularly in North America, but also in the UK and in in Europe. But um, another thing that they also can help us with is seeing if any of our IP can be adapted for television or for books or for both or for touring mm. that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's a really it's a really really exciting time to be in this space for sure. The possibilities are endless. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. they even tried doing a sitcom about podcasts, right? Um, I think about Gimlet Media, maybe was it? With, with Zach Braff. I think it ran for like three episodes. So I there's, there's even a, even a meta game involved now. So. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. We actually did a similar thing. Um, my Monk Studios, one of the first shows that we ever made was um, a show for Swedish radio uh, where the two founders, Jakob and Eric, they uh, came up with this idea of them uh, having a department in the radio station called like the Future Innovation Radio Department. And it was just basically kind of like an office-esque um, sitcom where those two were characters within it with another two characters. And they were sort of slightly arrogant, deluded people who thought they were helping to save Swedish radio in this sort of downswing <laughs> that they had, that all audio and radio had in around 2008, 2009, 2010. Um, so yeah. Absolutely, very. I like I like the meta idea. There's there's a lot of things that you can do in the audio space, but you can't you can't necessarily do in TV as easily. And one of course is if you're doing drama and if you're doing sitcoms and things, you can be anywhere just through the use of sound and saying where you are. You can travel from a mountain to a city in in seconds. So uh, there's a lot of flexibility to uh, create worlds and ideas in an affordable and quick way. You can turn around a show in, you can write and produce a show in anywhere between two and six months if you have the, the manpower to do it, you know. So it sounds like you're in the industry to stay, at least for the, for the Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. I wish I could tell you all the things that are in the pipeline right now. Um, there are so many things that I hope by this time next year will be out there. Um, and I don't, see, I don't see any reason for me to, to do anything else at the moment, absolutely not, no. 
Cool. That sounds like we need to do a, another podcast sometime this timeline next year. Sure. Then. And just keep an eye out on what we're <laughs> what we're what we're releasing. <laughs> I have I have one question. Um, I I just thought of right now because there's something I've noticed in my, um, I guess podcast listening behavior is that it's it's gone back quite a year in this last year just because I don't commute. I don't. I've I've been on a train like three times last year as opposed to dozens. Um, I, I barely need to ride my bike anywhere. I'm home all the time. And I mean, I still do laundry. I still do chores and I listen to podcasts when I'm doing that, but I, I don't do it while commuting. And a couple of podcasts back, we, we briefly talked about Quibi, the, um, the bite-size uh, video streaming service that basically died because of COVID, because no one was commuting and no one had interest in watching eight-minute video clips when... They could be just binging Netflix. And I mean, this is like just purely from my behavior, but is this something that, that you've noticed? Like, has there been a like a less consumption of podcasts or is it basically the opposite? I don't think so. I think when the, when the lockdown and COVID initially started, there was a little dip. But I think in general, it's still just growing in terms of how many people and the people that do already listen are just listening as just as much. Uh, I think traditionally audio listeners, podcast listeners are very loyal and they will find a way to listen to it. I personally think I listen to more now, but maybe that's because I'm also doing more exercise and things like that. Um, but yeah, I don't see, I don't see it. Have, I don't, I don't think it's had a, uh, an overall long-term impact on consumption for sure. Yeah, yeah that's good to hear. That's, that's just me. That's good. Well, you can also look. There's a there's a there's a there's a yearly or is it bi yearly um, research document from Edison, which is all about podcast listening and consumption. Uh, that's a really good place to find out how the uh, the state of play for podcasting is is doing at the moment for sure. And then Spotify also are posting um, a lot of their uh, uh, growth in this space as well now. So that's a good. That's a good. That's a good uh, reference point because I think they've overtaken Apple o- overall in, in terms of how many people like the percentage of people listening to Spotify versus Apple. Maybe it's not. They've not overtaken yet, but they're close to. Whereas about a year and a half, okay. two years ago, it was still Apple with seventy or percent or so. I am bringing these stats off the top of my head. I'm vaguely sure that they're correct, but um, <laughs> maybe we can. Maybe we right now we could put in like a little. Uh, um, sort of uh, overdub where Peter's done some research and confirmed whether or not I'm talking. And sound really I'm smart. Bullshit or not? Yeah. So maybe you can do that in post production. <laughs> okay, Peter. <laughs> okay, all right, we'll do that. Okay, so we cut back um, from uh, from sounding really smart to um, one of the reasons why um, I really wanted to have you. Um, as a guest on this podcast, was to get uh, some of your thoughts on how we're doing. Um, and as I mentioned before, um, what was it, about a year and a half ago? I can remember um, speaking with you on the phone, uh, sat in our old office, um, kind of pitching the idea of this podcast, um, uh, kind of hoping you'd say, oh, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. We'll give it a go. And so I could take that to my colleagues and say, look, I have this expert who thinks this is a good idea. So now we've tried it out. We're halfway through the second season and sometimes it feels a little bit like, yeah, you're kind of screaming into the forest uh, and getting no response because like it's, it, there's, there's no eminence behind 
the the information flow. Um, it's basically it just going in one direction. And so I'd be I'd be really interested um, on air to get your thoughts on on how we're doing. How are you doing? Good right. and bad. Well, I mean, it's 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 um. What do you what in what way do you mean? How are you doing? I mean, uh, like uh. Are you talking? Do you want to give me stats? How how you, how's your growth doing? Or are you talking about the no, content? Quality. The content of it. Okay, so we take this back a step. I mean, stats we don't care about too much um, because we're not doing this for the stats really. Um, we're doing it because it just felt like such a good extension to this kind of physical meetup that we mm-hmm. were doing that we had to stop doing, obviously because of um, COVID. Yeah, I think we started about this time last year. So we thought we'd give it a go, and we did a season which kind of comprised of 10 episodes. And then, um, yeah, we started up with the second season kind of thinking, okay, um, we'll follow up on that on that first season because we had some uh, interesting guests lined up also. And so, yeah, stats weren't ever something that we were like, too worried about, even though yeah, they've been good they've been promising and, and we've seen a rise in, in listens um, but still it's it's kind of difficult to get like qualitative feedback um, on yeah on the quality um, of, of the podcast like how do you how do you think we're doing and we've known each other long enough that you can be completely honest right well um, I I, th- I, th- I think what, what I mean it's, it's hard it's hard to give you um any positive or n- negative feedback because what you're doing is is a very niche area. I've listened to the show and I think it's good and you're serving you're serving the purpose that you you went out to do this for. So in that sense I think you're doing perfectly fine. You're doing this as a way to promote the organization and to essentially kind of use it as like a networking tool which is really smart and I think you should carry on doing that. It's very uh, it's not particularly resource intensive. It's a what it's like a couple of hours here and there for the both of you plus a bit of post-production hours so in terms of time it's not an expensive resource so i think that's a positive thing um mm-hmm. and i think as a format i mean it's you're not breaking any ground with the format it's it's a standard it's a standard format it's a standard way of uh, delivering and making the content you identify a guest you ask him a series of questions you put it together with some bumpers at the start and the end and and this that and the other so you're doing perfectly fine in that way and um, I guess what I would say, what I would challenge you, what I would rather I would ask you is, is, is what, what did you set out to do with it in the first place? Because to me, it sounds like you've set out to, what you've set out to do, you've achieved. And this is just an ongoing thing. So you should be happy with that. I would, I would challenge you that maybe if you were to do another podcast, maybe you could consider doing it in a different way than the traditional interview format. I but I always say this. Mm-hmm. I've got a bit of a bee in my bonnet with when it comes to uh, uh, conversation podcasts. I listen to a lot of them and I'd very much enjoy them. But I think there is a lot to be said for considering other ways to do something like like this show, for example. Like for for example, you could have asked me instead to uh, send you audio mem- memos over the course of like two weeks uh, based on questions or guidelines you had, and then you put that together. Uh, into like a nice little sound collage and that could be over and done in seven to 15 minutes and p- the listeners would get maybe arguably get just as much out of it um, and mm-hmm. you would be delivering something that stands out or is different to 
the other interview formats basically and i'm not saying that to have a go or to be critical i think what you're doing is perfectly fine i'm just uh i think uh, there is an art form or there is there are lots of formats that can be played with in this space and i think uh we should all be considering how to do them because uh as this industry gets more saturated uh if i look at what i listen to on a weekly basis I don't know if I'm always going to be able to squeeze the DX podcast, for example, into my listening, spe- like my listening habit, my routine. Uh, sometimes, sure, I will because I want to go for an hour-long jog, and it fits that. But sometimes you might be like, okay, I saw that guy with the. the I listened to the uh, half of the the drummer interview just before I came on, mm-hmm. and um, maybe you, maybe we could have taken away all of the things that he said in a condensed form. You know what I mean? But I only I only say that yeah, just to give absolutely. you some feedback because you've put me on the spot. I'm I'm not I'm not saying that no, because I, I think you should be doing that. That was totally <laughs> that was the idea behind yeah. it, Ben. That was like uh, I'm I'm so happy to hear I mean, that because that's, that's money like, in the one bank, thing that, Peter. We need to we need to roll with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that feedback, and the thing is, that, like, if you don't ask people for feedback, you don't yeah. get it. Um, and and that's that's um, that was great to hear that, and. Um, yeah, you're right. You're completely right. And I think one thing that we said in the beginning was we kind of like to keep it more around 25 minutes than 45 minutes. Right. But for some reason, they've all ended up without us really wanting them to be this long, to be 45 minutes long. And that seems to have been without aiming for it at all. I mean, that's totally um, fine. That's totally fine. the length that they've just landed at. And I think the thing was also, um, you know, the idea behind this kind of getting to know people a little bit better was um, we don't have to dive too deep into any kind of subject matter. Um, so if we ask someone on, um, I mean, like Alistair, who, who's a photographer, we don't need to learn a lot about photography first because it's actually him that we want to talk to, not um, his photography in that sense. So we don't have to learn um, anything about this subject matter first. And we just talk to someone about their career and what they're interested in and what drives them. And like, basically, it's it's just people that we're interested in, really, mm-hmm. that we want to talk to um, and spend time with or, um, yeah, have that kind of quality um, uh, in, in a discussion. But I think the thing is, sometimes um, I kind of feel like it lacks a bit in excitement, maybe um, I've heard um, uh, from from my, Michael um, that it can be a tad bit boring at times. But um, yeah, maybe it kind of depends on who you're speaking to um, or who you want to reach as well. Sure, I mean that's that's always the. I mean it, it's that is a challenge when it comes to the sort of more business focused interview series that a lot of uh, venture capitalists do and startups and agencies do where they where they talk to fellow people in their network and things like that. I mean, neither of you are entertainers. So at the end of the day, unless you're listening to it because you want to take something away from it, then it's, it's, it's hard to be, you know, 100% entertaining for every second of the 45 hour, you know, which is why I, which is yeah, why absolutely. I proposed you can, you can consider other formats, other ways of taking this, giving people takeaways from this like adding value what's the value that you're adding you know absolutely and i think whatsapp is is uh that that voice recording thing on whatsapp is is pretty cool um and the idea of using that to kind of um record thoughts as well maybe not whatsapp but there's uh, other other mm-hmm. ways to record your voice on your phone of course 
um, and the idea of the snippets is is really interesting. I'd like to follow that up. Um, you can have that for free, IP. Peter. Why is that okay? Yeah, you can have that for free. You're <laughs> oh, welcome. You. That 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 format, that concept is free for you, gratis. Thank you. Oh, we should speak more <laughs> often, man. This is this has been really good. <laughs> well, I, I feel, I'm feeling very um, I'm feeling very hyper aware that I'm recording this from my kitchen, and for the last five minutes, my fridge decided to make whatever noises it decided to make. So, please forgive. <laughs> This production manager's really makeshift studio. I brought a microphone home and a little recording kit. I thought I'd do it for my apartment. Um, but in hindsight, maybe I should have done it in a studio to block out the fridge noise. <laughs> well, this, this, of course, has changed a lot for us as well in the, in the kind of podcast recording. Um, Mirko and, and myself, we'd be sat in a room with the guest, um, mm -hmm. ideally. Um, but uh, you know, like having not not being able to or not being allowed to sit in the same room has kind of changed that for us as well because it's just made us so much like easier or more maybe forgivable um, to have uh, not so good recording quality because we're not allowed to sit in the same room. Yeah, I mean, there's um, loads of and shows to have like people that. phone in from uh, New York and Berlin and yeah, Austin. I was going to say like it, it, it broadened the network a lot. Like we we couldn't have had Greg on. Uh, I mean, we could have invited him to Bosley. He wouldn't have come. He's a musician in Austin. That's not, that's not an option. But being yeah, able to just do a do a hangout call, yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah, some of the biggest podcasts around these days have guests on the other end with very, very poor recording setups. And audiences mm. are very forgiving in that way, for sure. Absolutely. And and when it comes to a conversation, it's it's, it's fine. Like, as long as you can hear it and it's not uh, grating, I think uh, I think a lot can mm. be. Uh, forgiven so to speak hey man it's been it's been such a pleasure um having you on um and i look forward to speaking to you soon my pleasure thank you for having me i hope this was uh useful and the fridge sounds weren't too uh weren't too distracting <laughs> we have reached the end of this digital experience podcast thanks for listening for further information about us please head over to wearewondrous.com